we're live. What's going on? How you doing, Zach? Good. You? Yeah, you know. Wonderful. Wonderful. So, uh, uh, what's, uh, what's going on? (laughs) What's going on, Zach? What's going on? Shit, what is going on? Um, nothing to report in my world. Yeah. Uh, the same. No news in your stalker. On the what? No news on your stalker. On my stalker. No, I think the stalker's given up on me. Mm. I haven't. I, I haven't seen any uh, any indication of uh, any stalker activities um, as of for over well oh, over a year now. I would say. God bless. Although here's something interesting. Um, my sister thinks that the father of her son is dead. So, and she's asked me to look into it. For my <laughs> what, are you, first, what are you a PI? Yeah, my first PI assignment, and uh, she thinks that he he's dead. I don't know why, but she claims that he's, he's completely either dead or a deadbeat. She <laughs> she's claimed he's completely disappeared off the face of the earth, and I was like, maybe he blocked you, and she's or like, maybe no, you went to jail. I've checked with everything. That's what I'm. Th- I'm like either because he's also um from Mexico too, or he's an immigrant. With and, a bad uh, embrace. Yeah, so I'm like, well, you know, jumping that he's dead is quite a conclusion to jump to. Like, right. he could be in jail. He could be back in Mexico. He could have just disconnected from the internet. But she's like, oh, his phone number is disconnected. Is I'm like, well, he could have gotten a new phone number. You know, it's not necessarily just because you can't contact him or find yeah. him. Doesn't mean he's or, dead. Or he's just, you know. You know, just like I said, just a deadbeat. Yeah. <laughs> Which there's a lot like of that. there's a lot of a, there's a lot of deadbeat fathers. Yeah. You know. Speak well. speaking of deadbeat, Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan deadbeat. <laughs> yeah, Joe Rogan. I mean, since we last talked about him a couple weeks ago, man, he, I'm glad we can have a conversation right now. Even though you seem prior a bit hesitant to talk too much about him, it's but just, we brought him up on this show. Many times before, and in our use, he was an inspiration to us. And True. It's, I could argue that we might not be here right now recording this if it oh, wasn't for 100%, Joe Rogan. 100%. So, I mean, there's other podcasts I've enjoyed over the years, and but for a long time, like Joe Rogan was like my bread and butter. And I'm talking, when I talk about Joe Rogan, I mean, he's really blown up over the past, you know, five. Half, yeah, five years. But like we, you know, like we've said before on this podcast, we've been this listening is the first since time, 2010. Yeah. You know, so I was in my Joe Rogan groove yeah. majority around 2012 yeah, dude, to about old. 2015. We're old now. Yeah. We're, we're old. And we, well, did... we were on the trend early. We were yeah. on the train early. That's I mean, right. I was a kid back then. The scene, he, man. Joe Rogan hadn't even whiffed an elk meat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, back then, I mean, yeah. he was still like mostly comedian mode and UFC. Um, but... It's crazy how fucking much he's dominated the headlines um, yeah. in the past couple weeks. Yeah. You know, he's got Willie Nelson and, and Buffalo Springfield up in arms. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> he's got he's got people upset and I'm just like, even my mom, my mom remembered that I like to listen to Joe Rogan and even my mom brought it up to me. She's like, have you heard all this stuff about that guy you used to like, Joe Rogan? And I'm like, yeah, I, I know. Um, and it's been talked about so much that I was like, you know what? It's been years since I listened. I got to go listen to Joe Rogan. And I got about... You told me you picked a spicy episode. Yeah, I picked him with with the guy's name, uh, Dave Smith. Yeah, Yeah, he's um, just a libertarian I knew it was going to be a spicy one from, like, just knowing how that guy leans, um, you know. Um, And I got about 30 minutes in before I was just kind of like, oh, Jesus Christ. You know, and, like, 
Joe Rogan used to be fun to listen to. Now it's like it is borderline like a political talk show now. 100%. Like, um, they immediately dive in and like they're just con- they're talking about CNN this, CNN that. They're acting like CNN is like the source of all the ills in America yeah. right now. Not to, like not to defend CNN or anything because like I don't fucking watch CNN. I don't know anybody that watches but, yeah, CNN. Well, but that, like come on to act like they're like to kind of scapegoat them in this way and be like, "Oh, they're the reason everything's so horrible. They control the media." Like come on. Yeah, they're a pretty powerful media conglomerate. But like to just their like throw have dipped, everything like, a shit at ton, them, like in, in the post-Trump era, like their ratings yeah. is like. I, I mean, like I think a big reason Joe Rogan's buddy, at least, because it was Dave Smith that was mostly pulling a lot of this out. Um, but CNN wrote an article saying Joe Rogan is the For- next January six, and then they changed the title. Um, they changed it to what, be like what, the problem with Joey Rogan. So I, the big reason that got him going. Wait, other wait, than hold the- real quick. I saw in the bio. I think it was in the New York Times write up. It said Joe Rogan, a former comedian. <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh. That made me. He still that made does me stand really up. Um, I know, but you know, just because of like how self serious yeah, he is nowadays, yeah. you know, um, and he's. And, like, even with all of the stuff, like, like, uh, Joe, like, he just, he reverts to just the I know a guy argument for, yeah. like, any co- I kind of had that, oh, I know somebody or I know that, like, he, he it's very anecdotal you, you evidence. Know, it kind of has this ring of, like, you know, kids on the schoolyard being like, oh, my uncle said, well, you know, you, you know, know what he used to, you know what he used to do that with? He used to do that with, uh, talking about, uh, rich guys getting divorced or yeah. guys getting because remember like how you used to be like super like oh guys get fucked in divorce court mm-hmm. you know what i mean that used to be one of his old talking points yeah but um but yeah so so joe rogan and in, in these you know in this time has been called uh outright a racist yeah i'm i'm in a plot twist I'm actually here to defend Joe Rogan right yeah. now. I'm, I, not, I'm not. I'm not going to. Okay. Well, let me just state. Yeah. My perspective All right. on it. All right, go for it. Devil's advocate when it yeah, comes yeah, to Joe no, Rogan. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. So, okay. A big thing that got. I mean, Joe, it wouldn't be interesting if we just both agreed. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah so of like, course. So, a big thing that got Joe Rogan rolling in the headlines, other than his COVID misinfo and the Spotify debacle and Willie Nelson, was. In the midst of this, somebody released like a spliced together montage video of Joe Rogan using the N-word a lot. Um, and I will lot- not be cutting that clip in. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, in a lot of these clips, though, it's clear that he's using it in a context to say like, oh, somebody was saying this X, Y, and Z and quoting somebody using the N-word in a lot of these cases. And I want to say, and I think you'll have to agree with me as longtime Joe Rogan listeners, like he was not racist. It was never a racist show. Like I never, I listened to Joe Rogan a lot and I thought we agreed with this years ago. He at times was out of touch. Yes. I mean, Um, I mean, one of the things he used to talk about is like, you know, he didn't like know what the price of like groceries were because he's just like that out of touch. Yeah, He was out of touch a lot of times. Yes, he was. Uh, many times transphobic and yes. he danced on the edge of misogyny but not aware not he was like aware of it just like ingrained misogyny just more a like little bit grug, grug, <laughs> yeah, yeah like oh men are just stronger than women kind yeah. of stuff which whatever you know i'm not here to, to yeah, debate, we're not debate that, that argument. Um, yeah 
you know, um, but racist, no. And so with this being pushed now by whether it is fucking CNN or just people online passing this around, like it does start to, for me, kind of become a little bit starts to enter this this realm of it being like almost like they're trying to take him down a little bit like i don't i hesitate to say it's a hit piece or they're you know um i'd say you know it's a hit it's a political hit job or something but it's a witch hunt yeah it does seem like yeah like the outrage machine has begun to turn and directed its sights at rogan and they're all like oh he's racist on top of this covid bullshit he's racist now and i'm like look like, and he even had an apology video where he said, look, I know that video looks bad. It looks horrible to me. And he's like, at the time, I did not. Well, I was we, using this word as quoting. I didn't think it was a big deal, which I kind of yeah. empathize with, too, because I'm like, you know, if you are quoting something and that word was used, why cut it out? Why censor yeah. that word? Why whitewash somebody's well, statements, you know, especially if it's a racist yeah. saying something? Do you want to, you know, kind of whitewash racism if it's a racist using the N word? I don't know. I, I can, and I... if. In fact, I've used the N-word on this show before when I was quoting lyrics when I talked about the Memphis hip-hop scene. There is a band, uh, a rap group's name that... um is had the n-word in their in their in their title so i've used it before and i chose not to say the word out loud instead of saying n-words of destruction you know so i i i think that you know it's not this hard line you can never say it you know if you're quoting something if it is in lyrics or whatever like you know and joe rogan was not using that word coming from a place of hate you know as they're trying to frame it as like he's some racist oh yeah he's promoting covid I, I um, misinfo oh and on top of all that he's a racist like come yeah. on there's well, a so, line somewhere so i the, my immediate thoughts when i saw the clip context i was like oh they just like they chip clipped they chip clipped um just like a bunch of different moments like that you know with like no context there was one bad one in that yeah, was him that's talking what about i was gonna the... that's what i was gonna get to is that there was one bad one where he talks about going to go see the planet of the apes and he equates being in uh some you know sketchy area of philly as mm-hmm. you know pl- it was africa it was planet yeah. of the apes he was in planet of the apes you know referring yeah and it's just like and he addressed that, it in his apology video and said it's, it was a bad joke and yeah i was trying to make it was a hacky joke. Yeah. it was hacky like it's straight yeah. up and look i um you know i have no like ties to joe rogan mm-hmm. now like i used to but I I feel like if you're going to criticize Joe, like, if Joe was actively, like, all, like, that was, that seemed like almost every time he had maybe even brought it up, right? But I, like, you know, I've seen a lot of clips of Joe Rogan's even after, um, you know, not really following him as much. And I never really got that he was racist, but, like, you know, he definitely, like, got, um rubbed off on by like the likes of like the Ben Shapiro's and And I I was uh, going to follow this up by saying, I don't even think Joe Rogan's right wing himself politically. I don't don't think he would see himself as that. No. And he never did say, Oh, I'm right wing. In fact, he, when asked would say I'm liberal, you know, and, and I tend to agree where I think Joe's problem lies is that, um, to put it bluntly, he's kind of a fool. 
He's kind of a schmuck, and he yeah. eats up a lot of bullshit. You remember he had that show years yeah, ago Joe called Rogan Questions Everything, where yeah. he like he believed Bigfoot's real. Joe was a legit. Joe Rogan was a legit Bigfoot hunter back in the day, not yeah. like out there in the woods, but you know he, he believed Bigfoot was he. Joe Rogan believed yeah. in Sasquatch. He believed the moon landing was fake from time to yeah, time. That was, like he is just easily duped in a yeah. way, and he admits it himself that he's you know an idiot. He's not a deep. I mean, like, he's not a critical thinker, you know, he's not a skeptic. The the problem comes, like, when he platforms people like, you know, um, Gavin McInnes Mm -hmm. or Andy NGO or, uh, you know, Ben Shapiro or, you know, fucking, uh, like, straight up Nazis, (laughs) like, you know? Well, you know, I I don't know if I mentioned this the last time we talked about him, but years ago when I was listening to Joe Rogan, there was that guy from the Skeptoid on, Brian Dunning, who said to Joe Rogan that he considers him a celebrity who who is a purveyor of pseudoscience. And Joe Rogan was very, you know, offended and defensive in this podcast. And the guy was like, Which, I mean, like, I mean, of course he's going to be defensive about himself. Yeah, Yeah. and at the time, too, like, I kind of thought that the guy was maybe a little pretentious and a little hard on him. But, like, in retrospect, like, that guy actually did kind of have a point that Joe kind of just hears things. It sounds cool. It sounds believable. And he goes with it without, like, double-checking whether whether it's true or not. Well, and a lot of times he just seems like he kind of believes what he wants to believe, you know, and this is where I think the fault lies is that I think Joe Rogan himself is not right wing, but I think the way right wing politics, current modern right wing politics operates in America is they found a good a good tool in Joe Rogan, yeah. a good gesture that could easily be due because right wing politics right now in America thrives on pu- manipulation. I mean, pulling the wool over people's eyes. I mean, like operating t- okay. on sensationalism. Like that's why stuff like QAnon exists. True. You but, know, but okay. But like, take this for example, right? So one clip, because like I'll check out like, because I, I scrolled the sub, his subreddit because it's like, it seems to be half people who are kind of in the same camp as me who are like disappointed in what the Joe Rogan experience has become or uh or and the sycophants right it's like it's actually like there's like equal uh posts from each side and they get like a good amount of upvotes it's so Mm -hmm. it's like a very like divided you know community you know as far as if you want to take subreddit as a subreddit as you know like a bellwether but yeah there was one where uh, he was shitting on Pete Buttigieg, who took uh, paternity time, mm-hmm. right? You know, because he just had a kid. And, look, criticizing Pete Buttigieg, that's fine. I'm completely for it. But, like, you know, for paternity leave, like, that's like a... That's, like, something that we should be doing. Like, we should be, you know, like, encouraging families to, you know stay together in like the early times of like having like a newborn baby you know sure. there's nothing wrong with paternity yeah baby. but like you know but joe because he's had like the likes of like dan crenshaw on you know like kind of uh use it just ha- he has media guys on now yeah. who just basically use, yeah they use it as a way to have a someone who like he's a chameleon he mm-hmm. like chame- he's like yes. he's a chameleon to whatever conversation he's in so and like he's easily duped by sincerity 
sensationalism. True. And even when he has like leftists on, he can like even be like, oh, wow, Joe like sounds based, you know, like, oh, he's like for, you know, healthcare. But then like, you know, the- I mean, he's had Bernie on, he's had True. the Young Turks on, he's had Kyle Kalinske on. So, yeah, he definitely does try and remain, I think, open minded. But I think he just falls victim to a lot of right-wing trappings that trap a lot of other people that, you know, a lot of sensation, culture war war stuff, sensationalist bullcrap, outrage, reactionary material, I think he is, is susceptible to, you know, and I think that's where the problem, and, you know, we've said this for years, he's out of touch and he's a little disconnected from reality a lot of times and i think that's because he's lived a lot of his life in a bubble i mean he's been famous to some degree whether it was you know d-list to practically now he's an a-list celebrity true you know you know so but he's been within a a somewhat of a bubble you know who knows how many yes men surround him you know and he's not like and i mean look look at what happened after that happened like everybody who joe has made rich you know Bert kreischer ari shafir Tom Segura, they all like went on and they're like, Joe's not racist. Joe's not right. And it's just like, it's like you guys. And he's like, not either. Right. He's not. But he does say like, like in, in the compilation, one of the things he he's was racist he, um, in a way that like we systemically, all can be. like systemically ingrained racist, that he's yeah. not aware of it. Like the one, the other clip where the guy told him an early one where the guy's like, oh, I'm half black, half white. And Joe Rogan's like, wow. So you got the mind of the white man, but the body of the black man. That's like, like, that's you know, like. Joe was not. That's like Joe's get out racism. To, yeah. That's like get out he's, racism. Yeah, exactly. like, like, he's I'd trying to give a, a compliment. Yeah. He's trying to be nice, you know, but he doesn't realize how that sounds coming off like, oh, you're saying like a black guy doesn't have a good mind. A white guy has a superior yeah, but that, mind. And, but yeah, that's like you know, systemic. But he doesn't realize that it's like ingrained. Yeah, and that, that's where Joe Rogan's problem lies is he's easily duped by those kinds of things like yeah. that. He's, he's yeah. had the wool is easily pulled over Joe Rogan's eyes. Yeah. And you know, due to his platform, he then goes on to, you know, spread a lot of bullshit, to be honest. Yeah. He's a and lot of stuff when, when you the listen Iver- to Joe Rogan. And even back then, I was the same way. You you take everything he says with a grain of salt. Sure, he has fun, engaging conversations. He goes, delves into interesting topics that a lot of other big platforms might not. And even me saying he's closed-minded might be met with people being like, well, he's questioning the vaccine. Isn't that being, you know, skeptical and being open-minded? You know, isn't that him being a skeptic? But what I see there is somebody buying into sensationalism surrounding vaccine fear-mongering, you know? So I think... The problem with Joe Rogan is like he just he's become a tool. He's become a tool tool. for reactionary right wing politics. And uh, but I don't think he himself is a right winger, you know. And I don't think he's racist. And I don't think Joe at his heart is a bad guy. But he does. He's actually very humble. the The problem is though is that when he has people who like. A fucking Ben Shapiro who wants to, you know, bomb Palestine into this. He thinks like they want to live in squalor, like mm-hmm. legitimately. He's like, oh, they love, love living in filth. That Ben Shapiro, uh, you know, goes on there and then Joe makes it sound like, man, you're so sm- Oh, oh, 
oh, yeah. monkey, monkey, she smart little man, talk fast, <laughs> you know, and yeah. then, and then, you know, and Ben Shapiro's just, great at duping. Yeah, people. and 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 Joe does, and the problem is Joe doesn't ever like fight back no. against those guests, even even if you know he does because agree, like, his format was to just have somebody on and t- let them talk. Yeah, that was the beauty of the experience. It wasn't an interview; it was the experience. Joe Rogan brought people on right. and let them give their spiel. Yeah, the pro- Joe Rogan never should have entered the realm and Paul of politics no, to begin he shouldn't with. Have, no. And and I hope that doesn't sound like it's some ant like for anti-free speech thing because it's but it's not it's not but he just it was he's never his lane. He's too it was never his lane. I make this joke of him being Dr. Joe Rogan MD where he has yeah. both a medical degree and a political science doctorate. Yeah, dude, he does. But like really it's not his lane and he but you know he he he's willing to have well, these guests on, and he kind of makes it well, his lane, you, even though he's not really suited for it. And I see, think that's where he became a tool for the right because he has a big platform with a lot of young men who might be easily swayed by right wing arguments. Right. You know. So you know it's funny. So at, it was after he made the uh, apology to Spotify. It was it was is like kind of like a quick quick little story. It, some people caught on to it, but Joe Rogan. So there was a a mis, like a mistake that Reuters. You know, a lot a lot of publications just like automatically has like whatever Reuters puts out will automatically go onto their website, right? Mm-hmm. Um. So there was a study done that ivermectin killed uh COVID in a test tube, right? Mm-hmm. But a lot of people saw ivermectin effective in testing against COVID. But it's like, yeah, dude, fucking bleach would kill COVID in a test tube. Like, mm. you know what I mean? Like, it's it's like, it's saying just, it's not saying in human studies, but after Joe Rogan made that apology about, the not the racist apology, the Spotify apology, he was all like, he's like, well, see? And then, and then people were like, Dude, read the article. Mm. Read this says in a test tube, and then and then he deleted it. Yeah, because I mean, so it's like he wants to be right so bad that yeah. that the vaccines are bad, and that ultimately, honestly, just ruined his content for me. I'll just end this talk about Joe Rogan with one thing that I heard on the podcast where I was like, that I was listening to a Dave Smith where I was like, come on now, dude, like. It, it doesn't you're so they're discussing about like uh adele i guess was on a on a award show that was gender neutral gender neutral award show where she made a statement like i'm happy to be a woman or i'm proud to be a woman whatever completely benign and not really relevant and um i guess like so i guess like a couple users on twitter said oh um she's being transphobic with those statements a couple nobodies who gives a fuck like us on twitter saying saying oh she's being transphobic whatever who gives a fuck but some well and, the way and the i was news it, works these days well, no, they latch I, on to that and they're like oh well no i was um, telling you in the parking slam when i was talking to you in the parking uh-huh. lot about this um uh you know, a lot of journalism, like really like lazy journalism nowadays mm. will be uh, people taking like tweets that maybe get like 40 likes and maybe like 20 retweets. Right. Yeah. 
And they'll be like, see, people are saying mm-hmm. this. And mm-hmm. it's just like, you're literally talking about like, like, yeah, there's people who are like, hey, come check out my mixtape in the, mm-hmm. in the, in the, the replies. Like there's, there's insane people in the replies. Mm-hmm. There's you in the replies. Yeah. Sometimes. And, <laughs> <laughs> but the point, the point, well, I, I was going to say, you know, him and Dave Smith take this one little thing and they're like, see the whole media conglomeration, all journalists, they like completely like paint it with a big brush all journalists all the media is in on this leftist plot to uh to convince us that gender doesn't like that gender doesn't matter and like make us all gender neutral you know and it's just like and even jamie does bring up and say hey you know there there was just like one or two tweets that said this nobody was nobody legitimately was actually believing this or saying this and um, even the, one of the Twitter accounts that got the most likes that said this later replied to it saying I was making a joke, you know. And so it's stuff like that, that like nobody was actually saying this about Adele. Nobody was saying she's transphobic. If they were, they're making jokes or was there a pre- few French people in the Call of Duty community. Serious. They would yeah. say they were pre-firing. Yeah. <laughs> and, and or it was just if they were being legit, they were just fringe. But Joe takes this and he believes it quickly because he just reads headlines. He and believes it quickly and he and he projects this onto all journalism, all media, and thus propagates this, you know, anti-journalist movement that's very present in right-wing right. politics. Anyways, that's where I think if Joe Rogan had taken the time to be like, look, and I'm like, you guys are the ones here talking about it. Anyways, yeah, I haven't heard about this anywhere else except listen. on this show. If Joe Rogan just said, look, I don't give a fuck about Adele look. or the gender neutral award shows or what anybody on Twitter says and moved on with their conversation, that would be cool. But instead he takes this as a moment for his, you know, grandiose speech about how journalism is ruined yeah, and yeah, blah, blah, course, blah, yeah. transgender shit. Who cares? You know, so that's where the problem I think with Joe lies is he just should yeah. know his lane a little better you know he doesn't so the last thing i'll say is that um joe is a boomer he literally has a he's gen x actually okay well what (laughs) but he has a folder on his phone that says cooties and (laughs) he said and it's filled with there was a clip i if i can find it I'll, i'll plug it in but there's a clip where he he's talking to um jocko wilnick the, oh, uh, I like I like that guy. You do? Mm-hmm. I don't. <laughs> I like. Well, I just like what he his his main catchphrase, which is "discipline is freedom," which is I can, yeah. In my, in he, my time of practicing sobriety, yeah. that's been a, a mantra. I can understand that. I, um, that. I can understand that. It's just as far as like you know the whole military side of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> it comes from the military. Doesn't mean people from the military can't give good advice. Sure. Sure. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> but so uh, he's like, oh, I got this folder on my phone that says cooties. And he was talking about right after the Sanjay Gupta interview. And it's, he's like, see, it's full with all these articles. But I guarantee you, they're all Facebook memes. Yeah. Most likely just like Facebook yeah. memes and articles. And he doesn't want to say, yeah. oh, I got it in an article. So he's like, oh, I know a guy. Yeah, yeah. I know a guy. Yeah. Hey, yeah. I, hey, Zach, did you know? Hey, I know. I knew a guy. It's like he wants to believe certain things. And yeah. if he gets a little so, whiff of something. Something, whether it's just bullshit or not or it's just you know big or not not a big deal like he runs with it and he blows it up to be like so much more bigger and grander than it is whether it's with this adele statements or vaccines or fucking anything else he talks ultimately, about the moon landing sasquatches if you're whatever. gonna if you're gonna criticize him don't manufacture something yeah, to criticize yeah. him. don't create a narrative but this is my that, defense to joe Rogan. i know i Cut know him some slack i is know what my end statement is i'm, I'm i know i'm just telling you where 
where I'm coming at it. Like, if you want to criticize Joe, I think that's completely fine. He does platform misinformation. You, you, you can, you know, push back against him. Cut him some slack and take what he says with a grain of salt. True. But when he has people on like, you know, Robert Malone and Peter McCullough who are fucking quacks who go around acting like they're COVID specialists, right? And, you know, yeah, that shit deserves pushback. But don't, like, create this narrative, Joe Rogan's racist. Yeah, he had a racist moment where he talked about, like, I'm no, none of us are going to defend that. Yeah. But He's unaware of his racism. It's not yeah. intentional He's hatred. Just a dumb, at the end of the day, like you said, don't take him seriously. Joe Rogan's a dumb ape. And now let's talk about someone <laughs> Joe who's equally. I'd love to be on the podcast one day. Let's talk about someone who's equally as out of touch. Sure. Kanye West. Great. Love him. <laughs> Kanye West, uh, the only P- reason why... Two peas in the same pod, Kanye yeah. and Rogan. Um, I, the reason why I want to bring up Kanye is just that he's, you know, he was trending during the Super Bowl. I mean, that's pretty... And we pretty... talked about him on our last episode, too, yeah. I think. Yeah. So, Kanye West, if you didn't know, is in his divorce dad arc. <laughs> he is um, not living his best life. Uh, but trying hard, uh, he's, I think he bought like the house next door to Kim Kardashian. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, he's just like shit. So he's basically doing what like Elon Musk and Joe Rogan, funny enough, do nowadays, which is boomer post memes, right? We were talking to Van about this the mm-hmm. other day and, um, shout out Van, shout out Van. <laughs> um, and we were talking about like how, you know, why do these, you know, these old, these guys are just like, they're trying to like get clout by like just posting like shitty ass memes that just are lame, are lame or like really old and like, okay, dude, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> and, um, give me an example, example, um, okay, well, it does not boomer me, but I mean, there was the time I was just, I'm just thinking like Joe Rogan off the top of my head when he posted the, the one where it was like the hard times breed strong men. And it was like a, like a fascist meme. <laughs> Joe <laughs> Rogan posted yeah, that. The, Kanye the, did too? N- I don't know if Kanye did, but oh. it was like, but Kanye, he, okay. So for example, there was one post he did. He's like, oh, this is, uh, so Okay, he's like, this is the Civil War, and it's, you know, it's like, it, it was their faces, like, imposed over the Marvel Civil, Civil yeah, War. Yeah, the Captain America Civil War poster. And, um, and it was just, like, super corny, and it's, like, childish. And it's also just, like, he has, like, just, like, straight-up sycophants who just will l- love him no matter what. And, um, that's the, the worst type of fandom. And I think me and you both agree on that, where you just like so blindly just, uh, I uh, just, I'll lick your balls, you know, rent. Yeah. Me. I actually, um, have this idea in the works right now. I'm working on a, on a op-ed. <laughs> I don't know what to call it. Um, and I'm writing about something about idol tree and, and the problems with idolizing celebrities, be it from your must to your Rogans, to your Kanye West, to Kim Kardashian, whoever it might be the problem with the uh, super fandom and idol tree turning fa- public figures into idols. Yeah. So and the and, dangers there. Yeah, no. And Kanye West is definitely that. So just a quick recap, I'll give you just a quick rundown of what happened. So Kanye West, was beefing with Billie Eilish. He's beefing with everybody, but mm, Drake, uh, yeah, Pete Davidson. Well, no, he's good with Drake now. He's good with Drake. Drake was now. on I his team on this. Dude, this is all publicity. And no, no, this it is. is it all, is. It's all. It's all publicity. They make their money off. Yeah, this. this is all publicity for his new album. But let's just run it down because it is is a funny chain of events. Sure. So 
uh, Billie Eilish makes a comment. And yeah, it could have been a slight dig at Travis. She goes, there was a fan in her uh, audience at a concert was kind of like, you know, like, I guess, you know, breathing heavily or something. And they were like, give her some space, give her some space. He's like, I wait for my fans to get up, you know, it, making that comment in, in a post Astro world world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it could be seen as a slight dig. Sure. But like, who cares? Like, yeah. like Travis Scott was at a concert that a bunch of people, it was a mass casualty <laughs> event. All right. When yeah. something is declared a mass casualty event, you can't, you can't like, you know, like, like be like, Oh, how dare she? And so, you know, it's always really embarrassing too. If you're that guy that, th- that somebody says something and then you think they're talking about you when they're not, oh, it's yeah. always really embarrassing. Oh, yeah. Like somebody says something and you think they're dissing you. You're like, what'd you say about me? And like, dude, I'm not even fucking talking about you. Yeah, it just yeah. shows, your insecurity yeah, is glaring. Yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> so, so then Kanye was like, um, he's like, you need, Billy, you need to apologize to Travis and you need to apologize to all the victims' families in the event. And it's like, why does Billy have to apologize to the victims? Like Kanye is just like, he's trying to throw his weight in the music industry around. That's, that's ultimately what he's trying to do. And he's trying to like, be like, see, I'm the motherfucker here. And Mm -hmm. like, you know, I'm, I'm having a full on midlife crisis tantrum in the middle of a divorce. In the, in in all for the whole world to watch too, you know, and he thrives off that, whether it's because he's making money behind the scenes or he's a narcissist or all of the above. So, um, (laughs) <laughs> so then so then kid kid cuddy enters the fray it was actually someone took a sh- connie took a shot at kid cuddy scotty scotty scott miscuddy um love he, kid cuddy love kid cuddy and he and basically at first i thought it was um in reference to billy eilish but it turns out it was in reference to pete davidson he's like he's like you friends with you know who i just want friends who have my back mm-hmm. and and uh and then he posts a picture of uh, kid cuddy right next to pete davidson and timothy chalamet and Garnier west <laughs> what a hangout <laughs> i'd love to be in that drinking circle yeah the nightmare blunt <laughs> rotation <laughs> um so yeah, so uh, also Kanye West uh, recently has been calling Pete Skeet. Skeet, <laughs> like I skeet, skeet, skeet motherfucker, skeet, 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 skeet goddamn. Which, which is see, here's the thing though that sucks is that when Kanye is going through like one of these like full on breakdowns, sometimes he will do some shit that's like really funny. But it's like, funny to me the whole situation. Oh yeah. Funny. I mean, a grown ass man. So then Kid Cudi responds to that. You know, he's like, you know, Kanye's being like, oh, then the when you get stabbed in the back by a friend, it goes so much deeper. Oh, and then and then Kid Cudi's like, nah, you dinosaur. I told you it wasn't like that. And he's like, everyone knows I was the best part of your uh, your albums, mm. which is kind of true. Mm. <laughs> like Kid Cudi is like on the recent ones. K- Kid Cudi is like. He's an amazing artist and truly an inspirational one too to a lot of different musicians. Mm-hmm. And like what, Kanye, why are you like like why are you beefing with him? He like that's like literally what you do is make music and you're pissing off someone who's like like pretty pretty spectacular, you know, in the realm of music, especially recently. And He's like, he's like, I'm gonna pray for you, which I thought was like, it like, look, I I felt like Kid Cudi felt like he had to respond because Kanye's acting like a child, 
And uh, I'm just like, I feel like that's an okay response. I don't think it's too, it's a little it's a little shitty, but Connie's being a fucking being a little bitch. <laughs> sure. Um. Anyway, so yeah, so that's basically all has been go- going on with Kanye, and like, and there's like this whole. I, I was just here for the publicity, man. Like, look, even on our on our fucking backwater podcast, we're here talking about Kanye West. I was saying to you when we were talking that day, like Kim Kardashian's business. She's a socialite. That's her job. Her business is drama. She's in the drama, personal drama, like real life drama, not acting drama. You know, like that's why, like we were talking about how she was married to that basketball player chris humphreys for like three months you know she gets divorced that's what she does she can't stay in a in a nice cozy marriage for 50 what years she, what if she gets married to Pete davidson that would be pretty funny <laughs> <laughs> but she'd be married to him for what a year to th- five years tops yeah. before the divorce happens because you, she you, can't no, stay we, no, we married it's, because it's that's old boring content. Yeah. it's old content yeah. and you need new content exactly like she's a social <laughs> this the show's fucking keeping up with the kardashians yeah. is about their life and the drama surrounding it uh, like she needs to keep moving because like sorry Kanye should have known that and I think you know if he's you know if he I think if he has any self-awareness he probably deep down does know okay yeah that marriage wasn't made to last like that was there for the publicity for for Kim and both him to make money off of you know that marriage probably brought them millions more than any other marriage in history has made anybody you know or or it's a contender at least yeah you know like she's she's there to to make money off of her life and her doings comings and goings you know and Kanye's just uh, another pawn in that and maybe he's just upset that he got had in that way and he ended up being just a pawn in her publicity and her you know job you know this, which is you know this sounds like the plot to like a Korean revenge film <laughs> <laughs> but I mean like at but the yeah, end of the day he's still a winner too oh, because yeah. he's making millions off of this drama regardless he has yeah, all eyes all on him yeah. he, we're fucking talking about him I'm starting to feel like a celebrity gossip channel here yeah know, but. ew hot dish <laughs> <laughs> um, What's going on in Kanye and Joe Rogan's well, we can, we, can, we can end it here. I think one of the... <laughs> I just think the funny part of this is just that, you know, it. it's just like, I, I feel like I'm kind of over it at this point yeah. with, like, with the Kanye drama. I mean, like, I don't follow it intentionally. I just fucking see it come across my timeline, you know? I mean, Kanye West literally... In the wake of all the allegations against Marilyn Manson, was like, nah, I'm putting him on my album. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, where Marilyn Manson, it's like being accused of like, like uh, Evan Rachel Wood, his uh, his girlfriend, was like, oh yeah, on the set of the song, he like tried to rape me when we were filming. What? Yeah, dude. There's like some crazy allegations in the Marilyn Manson uh, proceedings going wow. on. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, Kanye West, he's we'll a talk fool, about that one another and time. He, and he's a dinosaur. So, um, but something I wanted to talk about. Okay. Uh, it, it, maybe you've heard of it, maybe you haven't. I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat right now. Uh, trucking. 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 I love trucking. You right. know, I was a trucker at one time. That's right. But we're talking not about 16 wheel truckers. <laughs> not yeah. a big rig. So, um, what's going on? Why am I bringing up trucking? Well, Let's, let's, it's grueling work. Let me let me take you, let me take you to a place, Ottawa, Canada. Not the most exciting place in the world. Mm. Um, a group, hundreds of tro- pro- truckers protesting, fighting against vaccine mandates that are just blaring horns, desecrating war memorials, setting off fireworks. They're known as. 
the freedom truck convoy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, you know, just like real quickly, we don't need to talk about this this long. Like just like our statements on like vax mandates. I'm sure most people that are aware of what's going on in the world. But just just in case we have have a new listener. It's been going on for a month or so now. But like with vax mandates, my uh, we're both triple vaxxed. You know, we're not Unfortunately. Anti- yeah, we're, we've been forcibly feminized. I was just recently. You run out, yeah, get it right in your butthole. We were forcibly <laughs> feminized by the vaccine. <laughs> not just, me. Maybe you. Um, so, uh, but yeah, you know, we're I not... I was vaxxed and still got COVID. We're, we're not anti-vax by any measures, but I think uh, both of us have a bit of COVID fatigue and a bit of fatigue Everybody of like... Everybody does. That's yeah, why and, and, this fucking protest is making the well, rounds that it is. Yes, yes. Everybody's yes, fucking tired yes, of this no, shit. No, it does. And, it get, and it's easy to have a reactionary take on because, yeah, everyone's like tired of the mandates and all I understand stuff. the frustrations. I am. I've thought about this. If I could just you know, talk to some of these people. All I would say is like, look, I get it. I feel it. I'm fucking, none of it's fair being told you have to vaccinate, wear a mask, all the regulations and guidelines that come with COVID. None of it's fair. It's all miserable. It's all bullshit. Right. And yeah, you know what? You can be both concerned about COVID as a disease that's killing people and government overreach too. It doesn't have to be one way or the other. You can feel both ways, which I do. Right. You know, so and, the, my, my personal feeling is like, I, and I, I am I, sick of it all and none of it's fair and it all is all miserable and it what, is all bullshit. What I think that, so ultimately I think, but do you want more, people to die so ultimately what i think is i i think that you should be vaxxed i want people to be vaxxed personally but um, you know it's funny sorry i don't mean to cut you off sorry. i just wanted to say this it's real okay. quick it's all right um uh about a, a month or two ago i was like can we not talk about vaccines anymore on the podcast but yet here we are again not a problem because this is you know relevant right now and yeah it, yeah it's happening so whatever but i was yeah. like i wanted to, well, i've already been feeling the fatigue i've already been over the vaccine conversation yeah, yeah, for yeah. a while and we, we try not to talk about it that much because it's yeah. just it's just oh like, everybody loves hearing about yeah, covid yeah. don't kid yourself it's favorite topic oh, of conversation amazing. so personally the way i feel about it is I feel like um, in the early stages, I think it's okay to have a vax mandate because, you know, things are very highly viral. I think at some point we need to move to a stage where vaccines are encouraged, Mm -hmm. but there's there's either an at home test kit where you have to, like, show that you're, you know, covid negative. Right. Put it on the put it on the, you know. Make it the employer's responsibilities to make sure that they're at least tested, right? So they're not getting anyone sick. And I feel like that's a happy medium. Is that like you, like you're either vaxxed or you get tested. And I, I think, I think now at this stage, I think that's a fair, like common ground, at least where we can not have everyone at each other's necks mm-hmm. and not have everyone. And I, and it would satisfy some people, but you know, of course people will still be like, Oh, what you want to test me? And I'm like, motherfucker, I just want to make sure that you're not fucking, you know, infecting a bunch of people here. I, I don't, I don't care about what you put into your body, whatever. Like I, I, you know, I think it's dumb not to get the vaccine if you ask my personal opinion, but I mean, there's personal people in my life who uh, haven't gotten it. And, you know, I try not to like, you know, be a fucking super lib about it, you know? Super lib, yeah. But anyway, so See, that's I just, the problem here is this has been this vaccination vaccine thing has yeah. been turned so politicized. Yeah, like why does being 
pro-vaccine make you a liberal and being anti-vaccine True. make you a conservative. Well, it shouldn't be like that. I know, but... It shouldn't be politicized yeah. in the way well, that it let, is. Let me, let me continue with this story because we got a lot yeah, here. So, sure. Um, so if you're not a Canadian, then the protests in Ottawa might not be on your top of the, the list of the things for you to worry about, especially mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, the media is trying to so hard. Just a quick side tangent. The media is trying so hard to drum up this war with Ukraine. Like, they keep on, like, mm-hmm. accidentally... Yeah, the main things <laughs> in the news lately have been fucking... Yeah, this trucker convoy, Ukraine-Russia crisis, <laughs> yeah. Joe Rogan and Kanye, and a dash of the Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> Just real side note, uh, you know, we won't get into the Ukraine... You got something to say I about mean, Russia. Is this something you'd want to cover? Ukraine-Russia? I don't know. Geopolitics. Geopolitics. <laughs> it just seems like really dry and not, not that interesting. If something really pops off, nothing's happening. It's just a no. fucking like Mexican standoff yeah, and, well, and, right but, now. They're but, at the border okay, staring at each thing, other, th- and everybody's freaking out. Well, the thing, and, they, the, and people, dude, people are talking like it's fucking World War Three. I know, I, I know, that shit. I hate that, that too. People I think like dudes, you know, five six years younger than us think they're gonna get drafted. I know, I know. You're, nobody's I know. getting drafted. Calm I, I down. I know. Fucking people are like. <laughs> <laughs> reacting so hard and also like first off like Putin actively doesn't want to have this conflict like Putin like you know he's not a no. good per- he's not a good guy I think he's a little bit like Kanye he's trying to throw his weight around yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah. see how much control right, he has he, right he doesn't globally. he doesn't want Ukraine to join NATO which they fucking shouldn't yeah, if, if NATO's gonna a, avert yeah. a war why yeah, <laughs> and also What's so great to, about to, NATO to be, to be fair NATO was literally created to be an anti-Russia body. Yeah. So, you the know... The competitor to the Warsaw Pact of the right. Soviet Union Cold War era. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, um, but, like, the media keeps on, like, accidentally posting, like, war is coming! War is coming! And then they keep on retracting and be like, oh, no, no. It's like they, they, they're, like, so, like... When they when we got like into Iraq, like what was the thing that they said? We got weapons of mass destruction, and mm-hmm. then what was the famous? Was it Don Donald Rumsfeld that the absence of evidence is not the evidence of absence, yeah. right? Like that whole thing. Yeah. Like that was like what yellow cakes and yeah, whatnot, yellow uranium, cake, yeah. refined uranium. And-, and so like that was like that was like their way of like you know like like trying really hard to kind of keep us in war and like play on people's fears. Yeah, the and neocons. The po- we got to bring them democracy right. too. The neocons always frame these international when they talk about American interventionism, they always frame it as we have to bring Western ideals and freedom and democracy. Right. So you can already kind of see the neocons yeah. turning that wheel with Ukraine being like, we got to keep Ukraine free. Being in NATO, they're free to be a Western country if they want and have, yeah. you know, Western ideals. Yeah. That's already the neocon wheel yeah. in motion. And being also, like, we got to save them. We got to save them mention, and bring them democracy. We are literally funding a, like, a, like a Nazi, a Nazi like group, like the Nazis? the Nazov Azov battalion. I've never heard of them. Um, they're like straight up like Nazis, like and they're yeah. You it, know, um, the, the I I saw this article a while ago. I don't remember where it was from, but during the Crimea conflict, I saw this and it was talking about how. Um, right-wing groups in Europe were using it as a training ground to yes. train right-wing yes. uh, armed paramilitary yes. groups, um, essentially, in the, well, during the Crimea and, and conflict. And interestingly enough, we're fun, we've, we have funded the Azov Battalion 
similarly how we funded the Mujahideen in mm. Afghanistan. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's like, haven't we learned this fucking mistake before? Like, let's not, let's let them deal, let's let them deal with their business. We don't need to talk about this anymore. There, Just, there is a tinge of nationalism too, because in true. another video I saw during the but, Ukraine, but also we Crimean. have to we have to also mention that the American sense of nationalism is very different yeah, than um, um, in other. Yeah, what what I saw in this interview during the Crimea conflict when they interviewed a Ukrainian separatist, and they're like, "What what is your goal? Like, what is the what is the end goal here?" And he was like, "Well." It's to create a more unified Slavic world. He's like, we're here not fighting for Ukraine or for Russia. We're here fighting for Slavic people and Slavic unity, right. you know? And basically what he was saying was that it was a nationalist stand, but a pro-Slavic nationalist stance right. where he's like, we need a unified Slavic front. And that's the reason they're separatists is because he's like... You know, and Johnny Harris, I don't know if you know the YouTuber yeah, Johnny know, Harris, yeah. he pointed out to the I'm guy that kind of looks fan. like Ewan McGregor a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm not a super big fan, but he did an interesting video too where he pointed out that like Russia and a lot of Russians might see Ukraine kind of as if lib or not, whatever. Um <laughs> like might see it as as you know, an ex- a part of Russia, you know, in the same way Americans look at Canada to bring it back to this and yeah. see it as like America part two. Yeah. You know? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like, you know, and, and, to, and it reminded and also, me of that Canadians interview. Canadians want so badly yeah. to be American. It, it reminded <laughs> me of that interview of that guy. I saw the separatist saying we're here fighting for Slavic unity, not yeah. for Ukraine, not for Russia, right. but to have a united Slavic world under the banner of Russia, you uh, know, essentially. Yeah. yeah. You know. So that's our little mini, mini little take Tang- on uh, yeah, tangent on go. Ukraine and Russia. Not there returning you go. to this until the first shots are fired. Yes, all right. And that's then we'll be on the front lines, our war correspondents. And we're both... Just yeah. like with the war on Christmas, we're, we're on the front lines. We're both lines anti-conflict, so we don't want anything yeah, no, to happen. We like, don't want any war. Yeah, we don't. We're anti-war. War. What is it good for? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. There we go. Back to Canadian <laughs> truckers. All right. So, um, so what's interesting about this? Are you familiar with the term astroturfing? Yes. Okay. So should I, I say no for the audience? No. What is that? Well, I was going to explain okay, it anyways. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what's unfolding in Ottawa is not a grassroots protest. It it's something called an astroturf movement, which is one that fakes like it is a grassroots mil- movement, built movement with huge support where actually little exists, funded by. Most of the time, organized far right groups and ampli- political strategies and amplified by Facebook. Yeah. And Fox News and others like that. Yes. And it may seem like this, this, because of what they've done to the, like how they've kind of halted the Canadian economy in a certain sense, you might see, oh my God, this is, must be a huge thing. But the reality is, it looks legitimate. Yeah. Yeah. The reality is, just 10% of the border crossing truck drivers uh, re- refuse the jab. Only mm-hmm. 10%, according to the Canadian Trucking Alliance, uh, meaning that... Is that the Teamsters Union? Yes, yes, mm-hmm. Teamsters Union, um, which is like one of the strongest yeah. unions. You know, yeah. when I was doing my trucking job, I was approached by Teamsters. Hell yeah. Yeah, they were like That's trying awesome. to get me involved, and I was like, I don't think I'm going to be staying in this work long. Uh, and they're like, yeah, come, come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, which meant that they rep it hard, which meant that, um, from uh, the 15th of January, they can no longer cross into Canada without a quarantine. 
and also, and like, if we just zoom out to the rest of the Canadian um, population, 84% of the population has at least received one dose of the vaccine. One jab. One jab. <laughs> I like calling it the jab. I like, well, it's like, it's like the British word for it, but it's like, you get in the jab. <laughs> oh, I'm jabbed up. Yeah, I'm jabbed up. <laughs> so, um, so let's talk about the funding, the AstroTurf. Uh-huh. You know, AstroTurf, you know, referring to like fake grass. Yes, fake grassroots yeah. movement that's how you keen yeah because uh, i mean it looks cool for the optics to be like oh yeah this is just your common working class people coming together to stand right. up against and tyranny also, it's romantic it's cool and it also tying back to things that we've covered about legitimately labor movements like this one is one where they're trying to use that guy and it's like the media will never cover like legitimate labor movements like yeah. with the Frito-Lay or you know whatever mm-hmm. the Starbucks and if they do they try to make a mockery of it like we talked about anti-work Anti- uh, yeah exactly last week on Fox News so you know it, it's just it's it's frustrating but yeah so uh so the funding behind this, there was a website called Give Send Go um, that ended up being the hero to these brave freedom fighters. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, first, there was a GoFundMe, right, uh, which had about raised about eight million dollars. But then uh, GoFundMe is like, this shit looks weird. Uh, we're going to refund all the donors. They pulled the money and they were like, we'll refund all the donors. Okay. I I heard that they wouldn't refund them. No, no. From what I recent, what I, from an article about two, three days ago, mm-hmm. I said, so I could be wrong, okay. but I, I it said that they refunded them. Okay. So give, send, go bills itself as the number one free Christian crowdfunding platform. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, we know acor- what that's code for. According to The Verge, uh, the names, email dra- addresses, and zip codes and country of origin were of the 93,000 donors was leaked to a hosting website called Distributed Denial of Secrets. And they found out that more than half of the donors were based in the United States. Mm-hmm. Shocker. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so... It, the thing is, is that this thing is built, manufactured to build outrage, to play on some of the, you know, because the right likes to engage in some fake populism where they act like they're, you know, pro worker and all yeah. this stuff. But they're really only pro worker when they're able to help them create outrage and, you know, yell at the libs. And, you know, it's just it's just it's just something that is just been blatantly manufactured to create outrage and a whole lot of hoopla over you know something that's really it's like it's it really should be just like a non a non-story honestly Mm. like it's a bunch of annoying people who i'm i'm almost certain would be unbearable to be around (laughs) not just the covid shit but just because i understand like i I said earlier i understand people's wariness and frustration with all the covid regulations and guidelines it's it's so exhausting and it's so frustrating at this point it is maddening and i understand people just want to say yo the governments have fucked up they have immensely failed in all ways i look at i look at people people who are unvaccinated as a failure of the government oh, in, most my, definitely. in my opinion like they need to like 
set some end in sight because right now since since the beginning it felt like there was an end in sight and then it went on through 2020 in the 2021 and i think people started to be like is there is there an end in sight and right now they need they need to move quickly to set up an end game for this whole pandemic yeah. set up an end in sight and they need part two with that is they need to regroup on the whole vaccine step they need to pull back from the mandates and all that because it's Talk not to working me. i and, have good yeah, ideas and we've said <laughs> this kidding, before the people that haven't been vaccinated at this point they're never going to get it there's nothing you can say to them they're not ever going to change their mind there's no amount of evidence that's going to suddenly be like and and when people say i have to do my own research that just means they're not going to believe anything that you show them no yeah so there's no point yeah so they need to pull back on all that regroup and figure out a new strategy all right we need an end in sight for this pandemic and we need a new strategy when it comes to the vaccine well said well said. So the last thing I wanted to talk to you about this story, and this is something that me and you can definitely agree mm-hmm. with. Is um, the fucked up part. Is the real fucked up part. Because is, guess what? The government played right into the right wing strategist's hands yeah, with this move. Yes, exactly. Go, um, on Monday, uh, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau activated a rarely used emergency powers uh, act in order to end the protest. Under the emergency act, the government introduced measures intended Tended to cut off protesters' funding and took steps to reinforce provincial and local law enforcement with the federal police. The quote was from Justin Trudeau, the blockades are harming our economy and endangering public safety. But the Canadian Civil Liberties uh, Association, so the, the like the ACLU equivalent for Canada, mm-hmm. uh, said that the government had not met the standard for invoking the Emergency Act, which is intended to deal with threats to sovereignty, sovereignty, security, and territorial integrity. So here's here's the thing: is that is it funny to see see these guy these guys get owned? Yeah, it kind of is a little bit. But then you, but then you like you sit back and you go like, listen. Once the government, the government will do, you know, even though the government is cracking down on these protesters, they're doing it in a way where it's okay and it's something that you agree with now, and it's something that you you're like, oh yeah, these guys, these anti-vaxxers are a bunch of hosers, and you know, and you go like, yeah, you know, they'll do it against your ideological foes. But then when you, there's like a, like a legitimate labor movement or like in the past in Canada, which I, I did a little bit of research, there was a lot, there's been a lot of protests from the indigenous people, which Canada's they had. They call our, them First Nations yeah, in uh, Canada. Oh, okay. For their First Nations people. Um, They've had a lot of sketchy dealings with their First Nations people. Mm-hmm. I mean, most famously, remember there there's that story about like the reform school that had like a whole like burial of like all these they found all these bodies underneath oh, yeah, the that school. Was recent. Yeah. So, you know, uh and the police also in treating these um I'm talking about just the police force, we're not talking about the government mm-hmm. me- mental crackdown. But the police in dealing with them were very friendly because most cops are right. You know, they're more in agreement with these protesters. Yeah. A lot of them are. You know, we've all seen, like, there was that one clip. It was kind of funny. I know you saw it, but it was the cop who was like, yeah, this is my last day on the force. I'm retiring because my, my job now, they tell me I had to get a vaccine mandate. And then he ended up dying of, like, COVID. Like, yeah, a couple recently. Of, yeah, <laughs> recently. You know, and it's it's funny to dunk on him, but at the same time, 
That shit will be used against legitimate labor movements in Canada, in the U.S. And just think about it. In the, they're always yeah. looking to to quell any leftist movement of any kind. So of course they're like, yeah, we'll freeze their bank accounts. No due process. No habeas corpus. You know, and it's wrong. It's yeah. it's it's wrong. Even though I fundamentally disagree with these fucking people, and I think most of these people probably suck. But you know what? Like, I don't agree with the the government, you know, doing police state shit. I, you know, yeah. I don't fuck with the police That's state. That's scary. It borders on authoritarian. 100%. This is 90, 1979 George Orwin. 89. <laughs> I'm just joking. I know, I know. Um, but yeah, you know. It, it's a, yeah, borders on authoritarian, honestly. It's scary. Freezing bank accounts, trying to shut down a protest so drastically with such drastic think about think about how easily the the u.s government would have done that in the wake of the george floyd massacre the george floyd execution they did tons of fuckery they gassed and and sprayed down people for trump's photo ops that is one of the moments (laughs) that i will like it's like burned so much in my mind where they're literally like tear gassing people so trump can stand in front of the church and be like bible good see you love me. You love yeah. me. But, um, yeah, you know, and remember they were like, they were like straight up like the, the cops were rented like minivans and they were mm. straight up like black bagging people. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's it, the like people should be allowed to protest regardless if you agree or not and okay, not have authoritarian, authoritarian state measures placed on them yeah. you know it's it's fucked up although i will say one thing i have heard um i don't know if it's true or not is that uh the canadian government kind of views this as a potential insurrection a la january yeah. 6 because apparently some of the protesters demands is for the government to step down and for them to instill this far you know, right you know who i bet that was in canada you know who i bet it was who the Quebecois. The Quebecois. <laughs> the <book> Quebecois. <laughs> but I know the Quebecois is somewhat right leaning too, but um uh but that the protesters want Trudeau and Canadian government, which is much akin to the Biden in that they're centrist neoliberal governments right. um that, you know, maintain the status quo and are the best option for progressives as kind of placeholder governments as we can try and advocate for more progressive politicians right but you know in in people that are far right see them as like you know borderline communists these governments so they want um they want you know trudeau and his administration to step down and they want right wing uh, far right um, replacements for them. So I've heard that the Canadian government has been concerned that there that this could be building into some type of you know January six reminiscent insurrection of some hey, kind. We're, we're I, awfully perturbed, yeah. buddy. <laughs> I don't know how true any of this is. It's just stuff I've gleaned while you know browsing the timelines. Um, but you know, I still think it's fucked up to invoke such drastic measures to deal with this protest. I think, you know, a good leader and a good politician should uh, go out there, go out there to these protests, even if it's going to be dangerous, go out there with your fucking Canadian secret service and just be like, look, guys, I fucking get it. This shit sucks, but we're trying to prevent deaths. That's the end goal. I would hope Uh, maybe the governments have more nefarious goals. Who fucking knows? I think, I think everybody. But across the board, right wing, left wing, whatever, walks away from the pandemic with much 
less trust in your government. I do. I do. There, the amount of incompetence 100%, you view, yeah. the amount of seeing how quickly they might resort to authoritarian measures, you know, in times of crisis. Yeah, I think we're all walking away f- from this pandemic with much, much, any, if any trust is left, I, you know, for some people, myself included. And not to I don't I, ever fucking have any faith in any and, government and institutions, but it would be cool if they went out there and said, yeah, guys, I get it. I'm frustrated too. I don't know. We don't quite know how to fix this. We're trying our goddamn best to prevent more deaths. And I hear you and you fucking are seen, but we need to keep, we need to do our best to fucking keep the supply lines running or whatever the fuck their problem is. I don't know, but it just seems like fuckery from all angles, you know? It's it's funded through sketch sources. It's, you know, it's an excuse for the Canadian government to crack down and to impose measures that they will most like. Once you just, once you just bring out uh, emergency use powers, it doesn't just go away. You know, it must, (laughs) it can only be (laughs) removed, put back into the sheet (laughs) until it's tasted blood. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, but so look, so so I just wanted to give like a well-rounded mm-hmm. analysis of what this was, yeah. and like not just like because ideologically, yes, I disagree with these people, but there's still some. Things- I agree with the sentiment. I agree with the anger behind sure, it. Sure. I'm angry about pandemic, sure. and, and COVID guidelines, sure. But you know that, that there, a lot of them are being like it's the communist government because it's yeah, always yeah, the, the uh, yeah, left-wing scaremonger, commun- yeah, yeah. yeah, communism, socialism, so. Blah, blah. so of course, so Nazi I don't, states. Yeah. yeah, and so did you see a recent South Park episode where no. they were like all wearing pajamas, and no, if they I weren't wearing it. pajamas, like they would get arrested, and they're like, "What is this Nazi Germany?" <laughs> and even at one point, they're like, "Look, you can't just call everything you don't like Nazi Germany." <laughs> yeah, that's true. And man, sometimes man, it's just so easy for conservatives to be like, "Like Nazi Germany." <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that's that's that on the Canadian truckers. I hope that was at least insightful yeah. and well rounded. Yeah. And I used I used like you know the Guardian and Jacobin, mm. well trusted sources. Yeah, so. I, I think all of our governments could do so much better. Whether it's Canadian, American, or European, or anywhere else in the world, they can all do a lot better. I think they need to kind of pull back a little bit right now at this point. Pull back from the mandates, the guidelines, and regroup and find out and re-strategize. Have a fireside chat yeah. speak with Fires, the yeah, exactly yeah. re-strategize that's right but you know what this is just the way politics are conducted in our yeah, modern world it's true. fucking sucks it's reactionary get used to it because this isn't going away yeah this not, outraged reactionary authoritarian well, fingers pointing everywhere well reactionary and authoritarian tribalism you know what that reminds me of hmm. this pastor you're telling me about tell me about this pastor. oh yeah in our shame Bringing the it back. Shame, the, the shame, shame of the segment. week segment. This is a follow up on a story that we had done last week in cool. regards to yeah. On um, the last on the last episode, I brought up about how um, the. Um, Speaking of Nazi Germany, the graphic novel. Literally. (laughs) Literally with the book burnings and just everything. The the graphic novel Mouse uh, was banned in some Tennessee school boards. And I brought up how this is kind of becoming a trend. Um, Texas libraries and and school boards have banned certain literature throughout Texas school districts. Well, yes. You're trying to put that goddamn CRT into my child's head. Yeah. And Tennessee, uh, Missouri, there's been an example of um of some of this um so but we'll start with the shame 
Uh, so this guy, his name, he's a pastor in Tennessee in a small town south of Nashville. Um, his name is Greg. Why'd Allot. you say that with a twang in the south Nash- of Nashville? South of Nashville. South of Nashville. Well, you know, little known fact about me, I'm from actually from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Chattanooga. So sometimes the drawl can come out. The drawl. But um, anyways, uh, this is about Pastor Greg Locke. Um, he is the pastor for the church with the great name Global Vision Bible Church. <laughs> um, a little wordy. Yeah. Um, so just um, about a week or two ago, um, in, in the wake of these book bannings across uh, certain school districts in certain states, um, he decided that he wanted to host a good old-fashioned, you know, Crystal Knox-style book burning. So he uh, he recorded this event, too, because it was his big moment. He gave a big old sermon for it. And um, the main – and he burned books of things. The guy's a big on demons and witches, you know, so oh. to give you an idea. Okay. Um, so his book burning consisted of burning books such as – Harry Potter, which I mentioned in our last recording, is a common. Well, no, it's, I'm sure. Book. I'm sure it's because it's. Uh, it's because it's. Um, because he's super woke and he doesn't vibe with J.K. Rowling's anti-trans views. Oh, yeah, that's exactly why. (laughs) (laughs) No, but like I mentioned last week, Harry Potter is a commonly banned book because they think it's occultic and witchcraft. Um, So copies of Harry Potter were burned. Copies of Twilight were burned. Other occultic materials such as tarot cards, Ouija boards, and healing crystals, you know, your you know, garden variety. What would uh, we do without our, our beloved crystal mommies? <laughs> yeah. what would I, we do? Your garden variety, new age, like border, you know, Bless d- them. dancing on the occultic line. Where they can, where they can either, <laughs> they can either be like super holistic and like, like that, or they become like QAnon. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Greg Locke was quoted as saying, we have a right, we have a burn permit. But when even without one, a church has a religious right to burn occultic materials they deem are a threat to their religious Amen, rights brother. and Amen. freedoms. So his book burning commenced and they tossed in copies of Harry Potter, Twilight, blah, 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 stuff he thought was devilish. And across the street, there happened to be a counter protest that was playing. Isn't it funny when people. Wait, real quick. Mm -hmm. Isn't it always funny when people um, who complain about anti fascists act like fascists? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Classic move. Classic (laughs) move. Classic move. Um, So across the street, there was a counter protest happening, and the counter protest blared ACDC's Highway to Hell, and on a large projector had the Harry Potter movies playing. Um, so one brave soul from this counter protest decided to come on over to uh, Locke's book burning. Yeah, he's going to come in and argue argue with him in the marketplace of ideas. And in the marketplace of ideas, this brave soul decided to throw the Bible in the fire while yelling, Hail <gasps> Inshallah. Satan. Inshallah. <laughs> while yelling, Hail Satan. And he held up both a copy of Darwin's uh, The Origins of Evolution and, Fahrenheit, and Ray Bradbury's uh, Fahrenheit 451, a novel oh. about. 
out book yeah burning. yeah um and he held those up well continuing the shout hell satan i'm burning the bible at first the congregants that guy not, sounds cool yeah. that guy sounds cool <laughs> the congregants at lock that literally uh, sounds like a dude i'd hang out with that <laughs> sounds like pretty, a cool, that sounds fun. like a pretty fun he sounds guy. pretty fun come hell on that, satan baby um a guy who went <laughs> on his own as a sole anti-protester <laughs> <laughs> to be like hail satan <laughs> and uh he um, at first the congregants didn't realize that he had thrown the bible in the fire and were cheering for him as he threw the oh, bible in the fire and it wasn't until he kept shouting i'm burning the bible hail satan <laughs> that they realized what you he know, was you doing know what, you know what, and the crowd quickly turned on this could have gone very dangerous yeah. very bad well, for this you know guy. what i was just thinking i was like the reason why i like this guy is because you know We've been to concerts before. You know when you go to a concert, you run the risk of there being a guy being like, heathens, heathens. Like, and they just like look at like, you know, girls who are maybe scant, dressed scantily clad. I'm a, dude, do you want to hear something funny? I remember right. I was going to watch The Cure at the Shoreline Amphitheater. And as we were walking in, huge crowd, huge show. And there's a one of those, you know, a Bible thumping, fire and brimstone, um, you know, protesters outside, demonstrators, whatever you want to call them. If you're sad, read and the Bible. <laughs> he saw like an androgynous looking person, and he, I was like maybe uh, like twenty feet behind this androgynous looking person, and the the fire and brimstone guy yelled out like a whale. He's like, oh, and he like pointed right at them, and he's like, male or female, identify yourself. <laughs> identify yourself, male or female. The person took it well. Thankfully, they were just laughing. They're like, what? And, uh, but, uh, when someone acts that ridiculous, <laughs> I want, like, is there a point if someone acts like that much of an ass, like that the hurt goes away and he becomes like a meme? I guess. <laughs> I, they, they were laughing. So, anyway, so go on. So, so that's about the extent of Greg Locke book burning session although today he's found his way into the news a lot in the past All couple right, weeks give it to me um today a video surfaced from i believe it was his this past sunday a sermon he was given in which he claimed that demons came to him demons came to him mm. and told him the name of six witches that are a part oh. of his church Two of which are in his wife's book club. (laughs) Yeah. And he said, Greg Locke did not give the names, but he claimed that he's learned the names first and last of these six witches that are a part of his church and have infiltrated Mm. his congregation. And are now... There's a snake in the Garden of Eden. (laughs) They're evil witchery seeds. There's snakes in the Garden of Eden. (laughs) This dude's on some straight Salem fucking witch trial shit. In In the year of our Lord 2020, 22. He's a throwback. He's, He's a throwback. He really dude. is a throwback. He's, yeah, so. He's 300 years in the past, pointing fingers at witches, claiming that demons are talking to him, hosting book burnings. This guy's got a lot of shit going on right now. Yeah. He's got demons all around him, demons in his orbit, bro. Yeah. So. Um, I would say he's our shame of the week, but this opens up a bigger story, I think, that is, so this guy aside, he's kind of just a nut, you know, at the end of the day, he's kind of just a nut, he deserves all the shame in the world for talking about demons and, and accusing people of being witches, like he's living in the Salem witch trials, um, but it, it, it sheds light on a greater trend that I was discussing on our last episode of literature banning that is becoming more and more common. It's always existed in the U.S., but has gained some tr- some steam 
in the past couple of years, you know, with the rise of far right politics and potential fascism, a lot of it plays off of CRT, you know, critical race theory and the banning yeah. of critical race theory in the classroom. Which, um, in case you don't know at this point, just basically means acknowledging that slavery was a thing yeah, and that just, institutional racism exists. It, CRT now means nothing in, in the greater mainstream discourse, but at its core, its original meaning was teaching race as as teaching a race as a systemic issue and how race and racial issues are ingrained in our institutions and teaching U.S. history with that in mind. It doesn't mean teaching. People get this idea that it means that teaching, teaching kids to hate that they're white. Yeah, and <laughs> teaching us to hate America. It doesn't mean that. It just no. means teaching race's role in America, which is important Prominent. and no literally it needs to be taught. um one of when whenever uh you know i uh kind of like spout like some like anti-cop rhetoric or you know say like a cab or whatever i always the, the one i always go back to i'm like literally the first form of policing in the united states were slave patrols yeah that's literally that's literally the first formation of a police department were to to get slaves mm. and you want to say that policing is not a racist institution it's it it there's certain things that it just is redlining, mm -hmm. redistricting, a lot of fucking shit, gentrification. Anyways, go on. Um, so the larger trend here, um, that I began touched on our last episode, and I want to, and I will continue to bring this up because. You know, banning podcasts like Joe Rogan is one thing, and Joe Rogan is just getting deplatformed off Spotify or whatever, and he's not. But, you know, people might point at that and be like, oh, is that modern day book burning, deplatforming certain podcasters? I would say that there's a little bit of a difference. Oh, there's a big difference. Podcast at its core, these guys still have their voice, and just because they've been deplatformed from, you know, a corporate, you know, platform of some kind doesn't necessarily book burning is very much symbolic. And you're yeah. you're you're saying you're banning an ideology. You know, a podcast is a from the hip format. People just talk off the cusp as we do here. And most podcasts and radio shows are like that. You know, we're just kind of discussing books. People put down thought and ideas with a lot more or a lot more earnestly and a lot more concretely than you ever do in a podcast or a tweet or anything else. So I think there is a distinction to be made between, OK, certain, you know, people getting banned off Twitter or their podcast getting deplatformed and book bannings at schools, public, True, ins yeah. public institutions. You know, they also, you know, not, not even just on the basis of, the, of race. They also like ban like a lot of books that talk about mm -hmm. like trans identity books yeah. about gay gayness. And, you know, just to plug our, our context real quick, I would like, if anybody is listening and has any thoughts about this, I would, if anybody disagrees or has any thoughts about this comparison between book bannings and, you know, the bannings of people off the deplatforming, as it's called, bannings off Twitter or, or certain platforms. If you think there's distinctions to be made or comparisons or parallels to be drawn, please, we would love to hear. Um, email us at bashbrotherspod at protonmail.com or tweet at us at ZNB 
present the bash or zmb podcast it'll be at the end but you can tweet at us or you can email us i need to put that in the description i will um yeah we'll have that in the description down below we would love bootstrapping this all right we're um, trying yeah, yeah. <laughs> we would love to hear i just don't have it on hand to remember exactly but we'll plug it at the end um but i would love to hear if people see comparisons draw parallels or believe agree with me that there should be a distinction made between deplatforming off these media platforms yeah. again it's and both bash banning brothers public bash brothers pod at protonmail.com thank you so anyways continuing on um so this was been i'm sure you could guess some of the states where these uh bannings of literature georgia has been Al- occurring alabama uh, texas tennessee missouri um so West texas Virginia. texas is one i took note <laughs> of because that's a big state um um so recently um a lot of books have been being pulled off of school libraries and public libraries and public institutions within various Texas Texas districts. Um, I'm sure you can guess what some of these books might discuss. Race. Race. Gender, sexuality. Gender. Sexuality, yeah. Human rights. I saw that oh, quoted. Yeah. Cool, yeah. <laughs> so books that deal with stuff that people that might subscribe to certain philosophies see as poisoning the minds of their children. Um, you know, in fact, um, a Texas state representative by the name of Matt Kroos had published a list of 850 books, 850. He wants banned from Texas schools and libraries. Um, most of these books included subjects about gender, sexuality, race, um, human rights. Um, I heard that he had a large list. It did not, and people pointed out that his list did not include the book Mein Kampf, Hitler's Magnus Opus. Uh-huh. Um, although it's, I saw a lot of things saying fact check, but I couldn't access any of the fact checks because they were all blocked by a paywall. Um, so that may or may not be true, but I wouldn't be surprised if he had this list of 850 books he wants banned. I would be surprised if he included Hitler's Mein Kampf, you know, just yeah. how it goes. Um, so um, some librarians in Texas ha- and teachers have begin began fighting back. They said that they received a lot of complaints from teachers and various groups asking for books removals and bannings. And the way There's- we treat teachers in America already is just... Librarians and teachers throughout Texas have began trying to fight back and speak out um a teacher in protest i believe it was in texas um took her personal library and put a caution tape over it out of protest you know over her personal bookshelf which uh, the one time the students had free access to out of protest she lined it with caution tape you know saying like oh be careful literature yeah you know She's edgy. Um, yeah well no she was protesting against the uh, book burnings and um you know, and I hear like Missouri is also another state that's had several districts, Tennessee, a Missouri school district recently banned. Um, I wanted to bring this book up because it actually was a book I read early on in my college career. It's The Bluest Eye by Toni Morrison. And it was a book that had a profound impact on me when I read mm. it and um, made me very um, aware of the power of literature and what can be conveyed through literature. Um it's a very dark story, um, very heavy material. It does deal with race and stuff, um, but it was it had a profound impact me impact on me at the time, and uh, it was kind of what 
made me aware of the power that literature and art like literature can can invoke and the emotions oh, yeah. behind it so banning this stuff turning pe- young people away you know can have a detrimental effect on the development of you know somebody's education I, I and mean, awareness of the yeah. world and awareness of issues like I, I mean I mean like just think about it like this like there's plenty of things that we should learn about in our education that we just simply don't, right? Yeah. When I, when we were young, do we learn anything of the Black Panthers or, uh, or like, you know, Fred Hampton and leftist movements? No. Do we learn about, um, you know, just, uh, you know, just basic things that, you know, oh, like the, the one that I didn't learn until somewhat recently, the bombing of Black Wall Street, which is one I've been planning to do a story mm-hmm. on because it's the first time that uh, U.S. For- forces were deployed on U.S. soil mm-hmm. <laughs> and they they bombed it with planes. Um, and it was it's it's really a crazy story. And it's and it's like, how do we not learn about the bombing of, of uh, Black Wall Street when yeah. we were when we were, you know, kids? It's because we're yeah, a lot of times you don't learn this stuff till you get to college. A yeah. Lot of times. And, and, you know, and the thing is, is that it's like, but not everyone goes to college, you know, and a lot of people don't get like the context of like we're very taught like a one sided view of history and a lot of the times it's like you know like it's like pro-america a pro-america side Mm -hmm. of history you know and not like you know only when it's like something like that's now culturally abhorrent like slavery or segregation was but like they like i said they wouldn't talk i i didn't even know who fred hampton was until like i got i got older and you know learned about you know like you know about I didn't even know that Martin Luther King was a socialist, you know, when I was younger. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They they just taught you, like, you know, the friend the friendly stuff, the, you know, I judge someone on the content of their character, not the color of their skin. That's the one that right-wing people love to use. Well, as- remember, too, last week how I brought up some school in Georgia had an assignment where it was like, oh, yeah. how, did, how did the Andrew Jacksons, right from the perspective of a settler thanking Andrew Jackson for removing uh, the natives off the land and how yeah, it actually benefits everybody, that's you know? That's wild. So, um, you know, the, the main point is, like, this literature, whether it is something you like or you don't like or you agree with or disagree with, it's important for students, young and older, to have access to this material because it can be – it can really change your view of the world and, and the people around you as I've experienced, which is why I pursued literature, you know, as a degree. It, it – it's powerful stuff. It's more powerful than a podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, it's more powerful yeah, than a definitely. radio show, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. And it can it can open your eyes to experiences and 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 lives you may not know about or understand, but you can find relation with. Like I read The Bluest Eye and I related with even though it's a story about a young black girl, I related with it a lot. You know, and I found myself with the same feelings that were expressed in The Bluest yeah. Eye. You know, so it's sad for me to hear books like that that had a big impact on me. You know, I was 20 years old when I read that I was at community college. But still, you know, that those experiences with literature could be robbed 
uh, by of young students due to bullshit like anti-critical race theory and book bannings in in libraries and yeah. schools that people can be robbed of learning and and having you know the touch of of literature that experience and that eye opening to a world you might not never know or, un, or or be aware of until you read about it you know so this is something that of course all the the people that decry censorship you know when it comes to the deplatforming on by media companies you know tend to ignore or tend to overlook but i think that here we have a, a massive example of censorship committed by the state you know not by a media conglomerate or anything else censorship done by the state and yeah. And, it's, it's gross. And there's crickets from yeah. the mainstream media a lot of times. Yeah. So. And, you know, this goes back to something I've always, you know, I always like to remind people because a lot of the a lot of times the left gets blamed for cancel culture, gets blamed for canceling things, gets blamed for being censorious. But like to I feel like being censorious and being, you know, like, you know, burning books, that's like inherently like. A, a far right thing it's a fascist like you said yes. it's a fascist book burning is a fascist act. Yeah, yeah it's not you know it's not like it's not a liberal move to no. burn books and if you believe otherwise you've been lied to yeah yeah and and you know it's it's and it's not like it's not to make people feel guilty about being white it's just to like provide context to kids so that when they're older and they see how fucked the society we live in is if you're a fucking minority you know and how you know you're policed more you're you know discriminated against more like it's it's providing a context to people who may not experience that you know that type of discrimination yeah. and it's just it's it not gives meant you a new perspective right yeah it's it's in order yeah exactly you know and it's about you know you know it's about also recognizing that you're divided based on class not race yeah. <laughs> so you know it's it's that's just the reality of it and it's just it's fucking lame and it's so annoying and they're literally the most annoying people like they're just they're gonna uh, you know just right right eh, saber rattle mm. you know and just be like oh yeah oh you know and it's just something another thing for them to get fucking upset at just yeah. another thing for right wing reactionaries to get upset yeah at. more outrage over books yeah. Oh, my kid's going to read a book and it's going to have something about gay people and then they're going to be gay. <laughs> my little Timmy came home and was told that he, because he is white, he's a bad person. Classic fear monger. <laughs> yeah. At its core, really, you know. Yeah. So, Anyways. yeah, it's it's uh, it's definitely fucked up. Yeah. And it's it's, you know, it. <laughs> I, it just makes me laugh when when fascists complain about anti-fascists and then commit fascism yeah <laughs> <laughs> like uh, it's just it's just it's very uh i don't know it's kind of like i don't know it's it, it, it's it's just like i'm at a loss for words because it's just it, 
it's just being reactionary to your core. Yeah. And not even taking into context, you know, a differing opinion or one that may be critical and, you know, may have to make you, you know, think a little bit. Banning literature is scary. And, you know, I will say on the other side, I would not ban ban Mein Kampf either. Okay. I would not because people need to be able to read that to see. We'll take one one that's maybe more of a... And Toni Morrison herself wrote something because Huck Finn has been banned a lot for the yeah, use that's of the N-word. That's what going to bring up. And she wrote decrying that, saying that that's historical revisionism yeah. and whitewashing and right. that it shouldn't and, be And the banned. whole point in Huck Finn is that, like, when he calls Jim N-word Jim, he's not like... You're not going to say it? No, no, I'm not going to. I don't. I just, I don't want to. <laughs> but, like, when you Do say... Do I have the balls to? No. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not allowing censor, it. I'm censoring it. I'm being censored yeah, here. That's right. Please, I'm censoring N-word it. Jim, you know what I want to say. <laughs> um, but, you know, N-word Jim, when they say that, it's not as, like... Um, I heard you know it it's really whitewashing could, history to right, pretend that's right. not and, what and was said. And the point that, like, I think... Um, what, what's the name of the writer? What's his name? Tom... So- or fucking uh, Mark Twain. Mark Twain. Mark Twain, when he when he wrote that, I think what he was trying to say is that, like, he didn't see Jim as, you know, an N-word. He didn't see him as, you know, less than just calling him N-word Jim. Is He's like, oh, that's just what everyone called him. It's pointing out in a way that racism is, like, taught, is learned, not, like, it's not just, you well, know. Well, you want to know one of my favorite stories about Mark Twain being asked about Huck Finn? Um, a journalist uh, during his time was asking him about uh, Huckleberry Finn. And he says, uh, he asked him at the end of the interview, he says, so which character are you? You must be Huck Finn. You must be Huck Finn. And Mark Twain thinks for a second. Then he responds and he's like, I'm all of them. I'm, I'm everybody. My, I am all those characters. And right. the journalist asks him, even Jim. Jim. And he says, especially yeah. I'm Jim. He's like, I might be Jim more than anybody else in there. So I think it's... Again, the power of the literature to, uh, uh, in with great what makes a good good works of literature is a lot of times you uh, a hand comes out and and shows you a perspective and you don't feel so alone, yeah. you know, in good literature, and and I think that that's powerful in yeah, that he and, was and able the- to take something that people at the time would be like, oh, of course, you know, that's such a different experience being a black guy, you know, how, how could a white writer ever, ever, ever put yeah. themselves in that position, be a black guy. And he responds by saying, I am especially that character. I poured my soul in, into that character, Yeah, you know, yeah, and like I, just because Mark Twain is a white guy and, and we're Jim, <laughs> I want to say it so bad is, is, is a black guy. Doesn't mean he can't understand that experience. <laughs> and can't right. relate and can't empathize right. that's what i'm trying to say yeah no. and, and literature is great at making you empathetic yeah and 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 in the story it's like jim is like the most heroic he's like her, like the heroic character like he's the you know i think he's even more of a protagonist than huck finn is yeah in a way yeah you know and um like that character is is a cool literary character mm-hmm. and uh you know, and people might be like, oh, well, you know, in the name, it's N-word Jim. But it's like, yeah, it was first off, it was of its time. And second, it like I said, it was like trying to illustrate a point 
that like literally the whole time Huck Finn is calling him N-word Jim, but like he's like, you know what I mean? He's not being purposely racist because Jim's his best friend. Yeah. Jim's like, you know, his, his like, father figure his, because yeah. Pap was very abusive and yeah. that's why he's running away. Right. And, and Jim's running away from slavery and they're trying to escape both chains on them in some yeah, way yeah exactly you know? and that becomes you know jim becomes it's, a, it's honestly a be- father it's figure. honestly a beautiful work of art when you when you when you think about it it really is and it's like for its and time it's not for racist its time, it subverts all yeah. racial and for, stereotypes and, and a story like that coming out at that time is crazy powerful Huckleberry it's powerful Joe, powerful Joe, powerful uh, so, well we'd love to hear everybody's opinions yeah. if you want to yeah. um i would love to hear people's opinions about the book bannings versus deplatforming on you know media conglomerates and whatnot or your opinions about the trucker convoy or joe rogan i'll accept or Kanye West. we accept all arguments that are argued in good faith exactly so. um uh, i'll plug our twitter because i have it up here now it's zmb present the bash bros pod on twitter at z n the letter n z n b the bash bros um so feel Email free to follow us bash we'll brothers back. pod at protonmail.com we'd love to hear from anybody all three of you if all you all want to write <laughs> yeah all three of you you should go start a truck rally to promote mom us mom if you're listening <laughs> my mom doesn't listen no nah, neither kidding? does mine and you know you know what hurts even more nobody in my family no, listens you know, nobody in my you know, family you know, even you know knows what, what i'm doing when i told my dad i was going he's like you guys still do that <laughs> yeah we've been doing it for a while but you know what's funny is that like i hear my mom listening to podcasts all the time oh yeah Never give mine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just don't make the cut <laughs> and uh, speaking on cut, we're going to cut it here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your love and thank you for being you. And we'll catch you next time. We're out of here. Peace. We got us a convoy. Arizona, noon on the 7th of June when they highballed over the pass. Bulldog Mac with a can on back and a Jaguar hauling ass. He's 10 on the floor, stroking boars. Seat cover starting the game. For you trucking with a rubber duck, and I'm about to pull a plug on your drink.